This is TDPS. Hi, I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and everyone here at TDPS would like to congratulate my co-host and best friend, Christopher Rice, also known as steamy romance author C. Travis Rice, on the publication of Sapphire Storm, the third novel in his Sapphire Cove series. Sapphire Storm is the drama-filled tale of a forbidden romance that exposes old secrets and incurs the wrath of the powerful and the famous. It went on sale March 7th, along with the first two entries in the series, Sapphire Sunset and Sapphire Spring. It's available wherever eBooks are sold. Congratulations, C. Travis Rice, and congratulations, Christopher. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. Do you have a question or comment about this podcast? Then come share it with us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the dinner party show, no spaces, and we'll do our best to answer it on the show. Just watch out for our aggrieved manservant, Shea Butters. He moderates the page and he's been known to talk smack about the two of us. Most of what he says about you is true, though. We can discuss this later. That's right, at Facebook.com slash The Dinner Party Show. No, I meant in the car. Hi, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you're listening to TDPS Presents Christopher. And Eric. Merry Christmas Eve, Eric Shaw Quinn. You didn't do a funny voice, Christopher. I I thought I was my voice. I know, and it's not that funny. Are you rejecting my Christmas greeting? No, Merry Christmas, Christopher. Merry Christmas, Eric Shaw Quinn. Happy Christmas Eve. This is the first time I think we have an episode coming out on Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah? Merry Christmas. And here's the thing. It used to be, if this were like an old school television or radio show, it wouldn't be advisable for us to do a new episode on Christmas Eve. But now the common understanding is that digital entertainment is a great escape for people on their phones from family members they don't like at the holidays. So consider us your refuge from your Christmas nightmare. Or the family that you're trying to escape from, whichever works best for you. Absolutely. Or the family you're trying to escape to. Yes, your family of choice. Absolutely. Who you can turn down, adjust the volume to, and shut off whenever you want to. (laughs) I think that's everybody's family of choice. Oh, and I'm tired of listening to you. Click. Family, you can shut up. The Dinner Party Show, 2024. Without to say that, all okay. you have to do is flip a switch. Listen, this is a really intense Listen, episode. Listen, is it? I think it's Christmas. I think it's going to be festive. But there's been a lot of planning. Well, of course there has. You're still on the show. <laughs> I like to plan things. Um, We went to our Facebook party people. We went to our party people on Facebook, I should say. Uh, we asked them what they wanted for Christmas, and they had answers. But first... I want to hear your answer, Eric. Questions. <laughs> what do you but want? First, questions. Yes. You know, I always, I know I say this every year and it's always the sort of thing. I, my answer is usually my favorite part of Christmas is giving other people stuff, but I've really done a terrible job of that this year. So oh, good. it's not going to work out like it usually has oh, because I've been, I've been so busy with this project. So my Christmas wish is to move into my house, which I'm yeah. not going to get for Christmas. So, but that would be, that would be my wish. I like just to sort of, I would like to go back to having my life. I would like to be able to work on my book. And but flesh this out for people who are joining us for the first time. I am, I am in the process of remodeling a condominium to move into, and it's wonderful space, and it's going to be an amazing place when it's done. And I'm going to have more space than I've 
ever had in my life and this wonderful library office that I just can't wait to move into. And it is just like every death by a thousand cuts. <laughs> it is just the most arduous, unpleasant part a uh, full-time job mm-hmm. that you could possibly imagine where everybody is always about fussing at me or being upset about stuff or like, oh my God, couldn't we just do mm-hmm. this? And nobody actually does anything they say they're going to do when they say they're going to do it. Everything's always, oh, well, I'll do it for you next week. No, I'll do it for you next week. No, mm-hmm. I'll do it for you. It is just this ongoing yeah, and I feel like I it's my job to keep everything moving forward and trying to drag every all of the weight behind me. It is really an exhausting kind of experience. Yeah. So my the, my primary wish is to be done and to be able to actually move into my house. But that said, like it's all about putting together this really kind of amazing house for myself. So it's like making my own really great Christmas present. I just can't have it till February. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then I long for the return of Greater Christmasville because we didn't get to do Let's Greater Christmasville this year. talk about that. There's no Greater Christmasville this year because of this fucking house. It's very sad. Yeah. And one, the house that I'm in is so full of crap that's going to one day be in the other house um, that I don't have – it's not really possible for me to do what I usually do in terms of decorating for Christmas. And we didn't stay, so – there was no Christmas to decorate for. Like, if we had, if if Christmasville, had, if I'd been able to set up Greater Christmasville, we would have spent Christmas in Greater Christmasville. Right. Yeah. But because it's not possible this year, we actually spent Christmas elsewhere. Well, we spent Christmas in Greater Christmasville last year. I know. And uh, there were several arrests and a couple fires. It was great. And there were murders. Yeah. And things. It was, yeah. Greater Christmasville terrible. was okay. Amazing. If you don't know what Greater Christmasville is. It is Eric's. There's a Facebook page. Ad- addiction to small Christmas villages. It just really is. Village eye. Uh, it, and it's Greater Christmasville because it's really not a village anymore. It turned into um, Greater Christmas urban sprawl <laughs> at a certain point. And so greater we, Christmas Houston. We went, yes. It was very much that. It was headed in that direction. So we went with Greater Christmasville because yeah. it really is more than that. There's a whole part of town that's Bedford Falls. And then there used to be Mistletoe Mountain part of town, but all of those mechanics broke. That was the ski lift and the, oh, yeah. the only thing that's left from that are the Christmas gators. Yeah. Also, the Christmas skaters, um, right? And but there was other things that went with that, and those things eventually broke down, and so they went to um, live at the farm mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that's in the dumpster down in the basement of my building. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then there's um, Christmas in New York, which is um, a sort of underneath the television, a sort of uh, yeah, it's the kind of uh, flat iron Christmas. Mm. And then there's um, the actual Christmas Village, which spreads out in between, and just it is—it's kind of—it's pretty amazing, but it's also vast. Mm. And uh, yeah, the new place is actually going to have its own Christmas closet. Christmas closet. There's going to be a whole area of the house that is devoted, dedicated to. Uh, Christmas storage. One of the reasons I need to leave the apartment that I'm currently in is that <laughs> your is addiction it, to Christmas is, addiction to is Christmas, out of hand. My Christmas uh, hoarding has uh, slowly <laughs> moved me out of my apartment because it's 
the walk-in closet, the only walk-in mm-hmm. closet I have is literally filled from floor to ceiling. This chair needs to squeak more. It is the squeakiest chair. I keep saying I'm going to get new chairs, and I can't find any I like. Maybe that's what I should ask for for Christmas is new chairs for the I wanna, studio. I want to go back a little bit because you said something. This is such a relief because you are such a good Christmas giver. It really ups the pressure on me. And usually I'm just like, here's five pounds of your favorite cologne. Um, and I'm always crazy about that. Let well, me just good, say. because that's on the menu. In fact, that could be monthly. I wouldn't yeah. mind that at all. Like, your I monthly love... five pounds of cologne. <laughs> <laughs> the forklift is here. Right. Um, so I'm, it's good to know the pressure's off because you're not getting great gifts this year. Well, I doesn't mean the fact that I'm not doing what I usually do at Christmas. And some of it has changed because... I'm you know, getting the, a dog. The configuration oh. has changed. Like, oh, yeah. I used to, there was this, we started, I don't even remember how it got started, but I did this thing with Anne where I would give her a Christmas present every morning at breakfast. Yes. It was a Christmas present every day. And uh, so that was part of the preparation. I had to have, and usually they were somehow a frog prince in some And talk about where that. that came from. When we, when she first moved to California... Um, I gave, um, I gave her, I, I found these bookends. Christopher came up with this idea that all of the writer friends should give Anne signed copies of their books to go in her new library at, at her house in La Jolla. And so I did that and I thought, wouldn't it be cool to find bookends to go with the books that I'm giving her? And I found these cool um, frog prints, bookends, iron bookends. I don't know where those are. Um, somewhere, I guess. Um, but, um, yeah, those would be great to put in the new yeah, house. Yeah, I, I, I think I know where they are. We'll find them. We'll, we'll have to find them and, and put them in the new house. I think that would be great. A lot of Anne's stuff is moving into the new house. It's part of the the overall Anne tribute. Creaky. Oh, my God, this chair. I got to switch. Hold Christopher on. Creaky four. chair. Christopher Creaky chair. Eric picked out these chairs. And I'm looking in the annals of dinner party show. Oh, history. my God. Oh, I did. And they're vinyl. Brandon's first reaction was, oh, great, fart chairs. Fart chairs. Okay, let's um, focus. So um, I I gave her the, um, the, 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 the gift with the books, but also the bookends, and she was over the moon about it because your father had always called the old house in New Orleans Toad Hall. Oh, right. And she thought it was, for her, it was like Stan being part of the party, the housewarming at the new house. And I was really touched by that and inspired because if you've got Anne Rice on your gift list, like, Mm -hmm. what do you give the woman who has three of everything, you Mm -hmm. know, or a case of everything or whatever? So it was always... A challenge for that. So every year I would have to find, depending on how long we were going to be out there, something on the order of 15. <laughs> Small frogs. frogs <laughs> with crowns. Frog princes. They couldn't just be frogs. They oh, my to- God. We ended up in this drag queen's boutique in Palm Springs once because she had like five rows of little frogs and and you she would never met anybody who was that excited about small crowned frogs i bought them up i was always buying them up because they were always the little so it would just be a small thing um but it every morning on her on her breakfast plate there would be another 
a little wrapped present. We would open. And Christopher gets a present on Christmas Eve morning. It's usually some or Christmas shitty, Day morning. It's usually a giant socks. box of chocolates. It's socks, or and he loves it. Something that's he's, shaped like a dog that I want, but he's not a dog. Found unconscious with his face covered with chocolate <laughs> in front of the television set within two hours of breakfast. Um, it's called Chocolate Breakfast yes, by Eric Shaw Coyne. Perfectly happy every year with that Ow. present. And then so there's that, and then. Um, her um, pop-up book collection. Which is now worth approximately $500,000. And we can't find it. Oh, no, that's not good. I want to find it because I want to put that in the library at the new house because that's really, that's a real Have we memory. checked in with them lately? Maybe I, we can find it. We'll, we're going to continue to look yeah. for it. It'll okay. be, it'll be, we'll find most of it around somewhere. It'll be around. Um not of its not all of its obvious. I'm um, just picturing the Hardy Boys mystery, the search for the missing pop-ups right? with you and a flashlight on the cover, <laughs> your hair up in a jaunty ponytail. You do you think the Hardy Boys have jaunty ponytails? <laughs> You're going to re it's your it's a reboot. It's, it's a reboot. the Nancy Drew. It's Nancy Quinn. It's Big Nancy's. <laughs> Murder mysteries. <laughs> no, it sounds like murder mysteries at a truck stop. Nancy boys, that's it. Nancy boys, the that's Nancy us. boys mysteries. We're allowed to say that. Don't cancel us. We are Nancy. We are boys. Nancy boys, so we get to say it. You can't, no, unless you're a Nancy boy. In which case, welcome aboard. <laughs> welcome send aboard. us your picture. Tell us, help us look for the pop up books. Okay, so um, what's the best Christmas present you ever got? Ever, ever, ever in your whole life? Golly, what a what an interesting question. Um, the best Christmas present I ever got in my whole life. You know, the one that always comes to mind is the one that meant the most to me. And it's such a stupid answer is the Crusader 101. What is that? <laughs> it's their very own uh, jetpack. Thousands of years ago, when I was young, at the mm. dawn of time, um, there was a thing called... It was the Crusader 101, and it was this enormous, I mean enormous, as uh, maybe four or five feet long, a couple of feet across. It was a big red plastic Pontiac convertible with a plastic guy with one hand on the wheel. <laughs> a plastic so, guy? Yeah. What was it, to scale? Or and no? it was, it was, I... God knows. Yeah. God knows. And I don't think they called it a Pontiac. They called it a Crusader because Pontiac, they'd have had to pay somebody royalties or something. And it was remote control, which meant mm. there was this little gearbox device thing yeah. also made of red plastic that you could reverse mm -hmm. and do whatever. And you could turn it and the wheels would turn mm. and you could drive it the length of the cord that was connected to the car <laughs> from the remote control, which was almost as long as the car, maybe even a little bit longer, but not much. Yeah. So it wasn't very, and it used a battery like one of those enormous batteries you could probably run a whole car with now that's, you know, like huge um, nine volt battery. But I can't even remember, but those big giant square batteries. And, uh, and we were so poor mm. that I couldn't have one. Like I asked for a Crusader 101 and I got, you know, Socks and clothes and a bunch of crap. Mm. And then the next year I asked for Crusader 101. I got socks and clothes and a bunch of crap. And I think it took three Christmases mm -hmm. before we could come up with the $20. It was $20, wow. which 
was a lot of money mm-hmm. back in the before times. Now it's, you know, a, a, a cup of latte. <laughs> um, but back in the olden days, $20 was a great mm-hmm. deal of money. And spending $20 on something was like, yeah, no, I'm sorry. We just were not there yet. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we were there yet, but somebody finally got sick of hearing me nag them about <laughs> fucking Crusader 101. So I got one for Christmas. And I was pretty fucking happy because I'd wanted... I'd wanted it for three years, you yeah. Know, like it, so it was like not just one Christmas present. It How was old like were you? Cabamo. I'm gonna say thirty-two. Yeah, thirty-two. No, I'm gonna say seven or eight. Ah. I think eight was we'd begun to move into a new era of Quinn family finance, and I got um, I can't remember his name. It was a spaceman. It was it was like Barbie's. Dream House, mm-hmm. but it was with a spaceman doll. And then you ha- he had his space station that you could put together that had fold-up blue screen shields on mm-hmm. it and whatchamacallit. And, and it was, it was, I'll have to look that up. I'm not sure what the name of it was, but that was pretty great too. I don't know. I have to think about that question because there's probably more meaningful answers than that. But for now, it's got to be, I got to go with the Crusader 101. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And Eric and I aren't just podcasters. And bitches. That's right. We're also authors. And you can buy all of our books at www.thedinnerpartyshow.com or tdps.tv and wherever ebooks are sold. At thedinnerpartyshow.com or tdps.tv, you can check out my Right Murder mystery series. Or sample my Burning Girl thrillers. The best part is, the more you buy our books, the less likely we'll end up filling the spot with an annoying ad for a napkin that counts your calories. The TDPS Network, alienating potential advertisers one promo at a time. Well, I looked it up, and it was Matt Mason. So, Matt Mason, space crawler and space station, whatever. That was pretty fucking amazing. So, was this too. a period where you were you were just you liked traditional boy stuff, or did you have crushes on any of the boy figures involved with well, this? Well, I have to say that was probably all happening, and I didn't like. I was raised in a world and an environment where sex was not a thing that was ever really. You know, that we didn't talk about or it wasn't included or there's no education about it or it was this sort of. So I didn't really connect my feelings of attraction with sex Mm. because I didn't know to Mm -hmm. because there was no real nothing was connected to sex. It was this amorphous, non-existent thing that I had never heard anything about. I was pretty naive. Like, I didn't really come to any sort of like the dawning aha moment about me being gay was when I was, I don't know, eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the first time that I made the the crossover connection because masturbation had begun to happen and mm-hmm. I'd begun to see, oh, okay, there's stuff going on here that I'm unaware of and mm-hmm. whatever. And then that, and I, and the feelings of attraction came together with the sexual feelings. But before that, 
So, like, it was a doll, and it was a dollhouse, and, like, I took doll furniture out of my sister's dollhouse and put it in the space mm. station. and Because <laughs> you needed to redo it. And I was watching... Um, Lots of Wild Wild West, and I was oh, building. I did this. I used to do this thing. I think it had to do as much with my um, being a huge mo as as my love of the arts. But I used to do this thing where I would build. It was like um, making a movie. I would build the interior, and then I would build the exterior, and then I would build the wide shot. And they were all the same place. Mm-hmm. So when you were playing the game, but. But when you were in the interior, you had your doll and or your Matt Masterson, who was mm-hmm. a doll, or my Matt Mason, sorry. Um, Matt Masterson is actually somebody I know or okay. used to know. Uh, Matt Mason was the this one, or your G.I. Joe or whatever. And sometimes you'd blend in the Barbies with the G.I. Joes for, you know, mm-hmm. background and casting and <laughs> diversity and what have you. Inclusion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and then you would go to... The exterior so that when you're outside the house, and they would be built of different products, but there was they were different scale, so that by the time you got to the wide shot, it was matchbox, like matchbox cars. Right. So we're driving down the street, and we get to the, the Lego house, and then we get to the, you know, the, the, the more the medium shot exterior mm-hmm. of the house that's made with Super City, which is bigger than Lego, and then now we're on the inside of the house, right. which is made out of a combination of of materials that creates a much more scenic kind of environment. So I was always building like movie sets for the my stories to take place on. I would do things with I would take my father's cheap cologne and do crashes with fires. In, <laughs> wait, wait, you would set fire to the cologne? Like cologne will burn. It's alcohol. Yes, I know. So I put it I would pour it on stuff and I would light the cologne so there would be a crash and there would be a <laughs> cologne burnt light would light, but it was really it made a nice smell and didn't burn down the house. So I was I guess careful about it, but I guess that's how some children's houses get yeah. burned down. Oh, um, but it you. seemed like I was being careful when I was was that age. Yeah, totally. But it was more. It was way more about the storytelling than it was the realizing what the underlying story was, <laughs> and this, that was like my the revelation of my adolescence of like. Oh, that's what's been going on this Mm. whole time. That makes so much more sense to me now that I, now that I see what what all's involved. Anyway, you're supposed to ask me what my favorite. I was just getting ready to do that. Like I was wanting first. I want to know what you want for Christmas. What I want for Christmas: world peace. Um, Don't make me take off my shoe. No, I don't. I really am a blessed person. I am hard to shop for. I know. Um, I don't really, the things that I love are unexpected mementos of things that I'm obsessed with. So like I'm, I'm big, except I'm obsessed with San Francisco right now. You know, me and Sutro tower. I love a good Sutro. Things like that always get me. And I'm usually pretty good about nailing those things. Like you are the one year with the locations of movies thing. Oh yeah, that was great. But the Tintin thing, but that was my birthday, wasn't it? Yeah, you got Tintin for your birthday, but that was one of my favorites because we were actually in a bookstore in um, Amsterdam, right. and you waxed poetic about this collection of 1010, and while you were talking to me, I was buying it for you and having it shipped yeah. to the house in, on Amazon in America. That's a good friend. That was a, a I was friend. like, oh, well, this is the birthday present I'm getting him. My Probably the present that popped into my head, though, was a gorilla. I got a that, gorilla? Was, that was my favorite gift. I got a gorilla. Oh, okay. Yeah. So an actual gorilla? Yeah, it beat the shit out of me. I mean, just dragged me on. No, it was you. a stuffed gorilla. Shit all over the house, tore down the walls and the <laughs> chandelier. It was Mom a, hated it. 
It was a giant stuffed gorilla. She made him put it out in the staff house. She just wasn't having it. It was a giant stuffed gorilla that they got me in San Francisco when I was a little boy, and there was a sheet over it, so I had no idea what it was going to be. And the thing that <laughs> it's I, a ghost. <laughs> it's a ghost. They got me a ghost this fall. That's on Fox. so cool. Ghost uh, gorilla. Um, the uh, it was so big. It was like life size. But the story later was my father. It was not life size. It was like it was a little kid, so it seemed like it was like it was your life size. It was no. not the size of an actual gorilla. It took up a whole chair. It would be like the, having the size of a Volkswagen. Oh, are they really that big? I don't think. How many could... gorillas have you been around? I in can't your day? imagine that a gorilla could sit in a human <laughs> being chair. We're gonna have a gorilla on the show just to prove you wrong. I, we are not. That is not one of the things we're okay. going to do. The story that. I was trying to tell is that the gorilla was very large. We'll just go with it was a large stuffed gorilla. And my father had to carry it down the street in his arms after they got it at the toy store, which they told me later. And I just thought that was such a sweet story. My dad carrying the gorilla down the street for his only boy. And I don't know why that's the first thing that pops into my head. I've gotten a lot of great gifts in, in my life and You've given me wonderful things. You gave me an ampersand once in celebration of our former podcast, right. the dinner party show, Jordan Ampersand, which I still have, which is like a light up thing that goes on the floor, or I put it on the floor. It's supposed to go on the wall, I think, but it's on my floor. But it's yeah, yeah I keep thinking that one day you'll hang it on the wall, but it is there in that corner in that yeah, entryway. I like it. It's an up light. It works. Okay. It works. Well, it's yours, and you can do whatever you want with That's it. That's correct. Put it in the closet. Okay, I want. want you to stop Googling how big are gorillas, because this is going to tear this show apart if you go all in on this issue. I think it's. I think you're, you may actually um, benefit from me having done this. Yeah, I don't think gorillas are the size of Volkswagens. Like, this isn't prehistoric, you know, times. Okay, so... Um, Uh-oh, I hear tone. I hear attitude coming. Yeah, this is one of those things where somebody... It's the fucking metric system. Like, for God's sake... Goddamn Europeans, I swear to God. Don't you say anything ugly about Europeans. <laughs> They're the problem. They are not. These are, this is scientists. This is fucking science. <laughs> European scientists is what it is. But it looks like one of the estimates that I'm seeing is that they're five foot five, which is like, mm, that might I'm actually, telling you. Given how big you are, that may actually be what size you were when you were when you received I was not the gorilla. Five foot five when I was six years old. I wouldn't be surprised. You're a giant now. That yeah. would be a foot shorter than you are now. I was a probably if I was a foot shorter than I was now when I was, that would be about right, probably. Okay, so I think I'm vindicated here. It was a life size gorilla. Well, it's the weight thing that's going to be. I just like the image of an actual gorilla dragging my six year old self four around the yard. Four to six four to six feet. Yeah. That's that's it was life size, I'm telling you. Um somewhere around six hundred pounds. Okay, I can tell you the stuffed animal was not 600 yeah, pounds. Yeah, good, because that would have crushed you. That would have been a really bad plan. They can go 35, 25 miles an hour, 35 kilometers Holy shit. per hour. Well, we shot a, a horror movie with our gorilla, with my gorilla. Who's we? Uh, me and my friend Corey Bolter. We did, and it what had, was the story? The gorilla was coming after us, and, and we killed it. And it, we had cursing in the movie. Killed the stuffed gorilla? Well, it was a monster gorilla. We didn't literally. We shot it. And I said, die, you son of a bitch. And Corey's father got mad when he saw the final cut because I said son of a bitch. And that was a curse word. 
So it ruined our film career. Corey's father <laughs> needs to get out more. <laughs> he really, he did. He does. But um, who is Corey? Where, where old were you when that was? Was six years old. Yeah. Okay. San Francisco. So like video camera or film? Oh or? yeah, v- side loading VHS tape uh, camera. Not really low tech. We didn't have any editing. No title sequence. Oh, please. Yeah. Yeah. Eight millimeter would have been high tech when I was. So yeah, that's. <laughs> well, you're a lot older than. That's me. pretty. I'm a lot older than everybody. Um. Yeah. No. That's pretty. That's pretty. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's that's not far away. Like mm-hmm. it's a digital chip now, but that's it's, it's the basic same thing. It's just smaller. But it's the kind of camera where if you sped too fast past a light, it would sort of like burn into the image and leave a trail. Yes. Oh yeah. Those are the days. Yeah, like you were um, trailing, like you were yeah. on um, acid or something. Totally. But um, I'm not like I said. I like the personal gifts. You know, someone who puts you put a lot of thought into your gifts. It's the simple thing. <laughs> it's the simple thing. <laughs> Another inside joke. Yeah, Do you want to tell that story? No. Okay. Y- you can tell that story. That's your story. Uh, it's kind of okay. Although so it is your. It is Christopher became obsessed with finding the most quintessential pastry place in all of Venice. We were in Italy. Right, and yes. you think that would be enough, but no, we had to have the perfect pastries. I feel like this is where the story is going off the rails. And, I feel like and Christ- someone and, wanted pastries. Someone whose names rhymes with Larrick Min and wanted, wanted pastries, pastries in I Venice. Do I did, and yeah. there was a pastry store right down the street, and, and there was and there was and there was pastries all over the place. But Christopher was determined to make his fancy new iPhone work and uh-huh. use it and his international phone connection to search for, I guess, Venice Yelp. No, um, no. And the very- the, I'm bringing the story back on the rails. There was an app that was a travel. I was determined to do traveling via app, which was a mistake, and I'll never do it again. But it was like the Lux app, and it was supposed to give us the Luxus choices in Venice the or whatever. The Ultima version yeah. of, of pastries. So this is married between the two things. Okay. I'm actually wanting pastries, but th- I know where they are, but those are not the Lux pastries. <laughs> And so we go on this. Now, Venice is about the size of my living room, but it's like it's designed like a, 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 a nautilus, shell. A nautilus yes. shell. So it just goes around and around and around. So we walked, I'm going to say about 45 miles in circles trying yes. to find this thing on this app until we were so exhausted that we collapsed and we into did. a couple of chairs at a restaurant to see if we couldn't reconnoiter enough right. to find it was a little cafe. And the girl came out to wait on us and we were like, we're really just trying to find something. And she was like, well, if you're not ordering stuff, you really can't sit at the cafe. What are you looking for? And Christopher told her and she said... That's a chain. Yeah, that's a chip. I was like, their, what? Their pastries are shit. They're yeah. everywhere, and they're not very good. You don't want to go there. No, I was so mad. And also, like, I had I had doomed myself. It was my great sin because I had said, I think you had wanted greater map consultation before we struck out. I was like, I have an unerring sense of direction. I'm able to find my way around everywhere. Blah, blah, blah. Venice broke me, man. Venice just broke me because you're right. It's shaped like a seashell, and you can walk in circles because the circles sort of it's concentric circles. It's like yeah. a nautilus shell. So finally, finally, we were so exhausted that we went to St. Marco's Square. We right? out to St. Marco, I think. Yeah, yeah. Which that pl- it's That's the place the, that you see with the where the 
birds are all flying up and we're, you know, it's kind of, it looks like they've drawn, it looks like they've drawn hopscotch all over the place, but there's really not. <laughs> it's the mosaics and the tile. And then there's these um, arched buildings all around and the cathedrals down at the one end and and the and the harbor and what have you. And there are these there were these two different places that sold, you could get, you know, tea or sandwich and pastries and whatever. <laughs> Dueling pastries. And, and then at opposite, on opposite ends of the square, and at both of them, they had um, a, uh, a, 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 a Viennese waltz band yes. was playing at both of them. So we went to the one, and we bought, we got our pastries, and we ordered our tea, and then we went outside and sat down at a table in St. Mark's Square. This beautiful night, gorgeous, there was... They were the street vendors were selling these weird things that glowed in the dark when you fired them into the air and they would fall back down. You would catch them and you yeah. load them back and shoot them. They were some, you know, whatever, mm. some novelty item. So those were going off all in the distance, all around us. These little explosions mm. of sparkles, and there were these two Viennese waltz bands, and one would play and then the other would play. So the one nearest us. The, so they served the pastries, and the liveried um, mm -hmm. waiter poured our tea out of the silver pitcher into these beautiful um, porcelain cups, and we were eating our pastries, and the band began to play um, Brazil, that um, that song. That they, it's the theme from it's Xavier Cuga, but it's the mm -hmm. theme from um, the movie Brazil, and it's just this very famous, beautiful song that I love. Mm -hmm. Um and I was like, oh, my God, this is a perfect moment. And Christopher said, and maybe it's the favorite moment from the trip, Christopher said, oh, I love that about you. It's always the simple things. And <laughs> I just lost it. I was like, what about this moment is simple? <laughs> Tell me the simple thing in this particular moment. But that's uh... So when we say that to each other, we're always kidding around about how what extravagant tastes we have, but also what wonderful times we uh, we have had over the course of this uh, kind of amazing friendship. Absolutely, so maybe the best Christmas present I ever got. Christopher and I, and all of us at TDPS are still grieving the loss of my dear friend and our beloved premier party person, Anne Rice. But my mother's literary legacy gave birth to a diverse and wonderful community of readers and fans who continue to celebrate her work online. We invite you to join them on the Facebook page dedicated to Anne's legacy. That's where you'll receive the latest updates on new editions of her work and all the exciting changes coming to the AnneRice.com website. Also on the Anne Rice Facebook page, you can join the mailing list to receive all the latest news and information about her forthcoming celebration of life in New Orleans. That's at facebook.com slash Anne Rice fan page, no spaces. If you believe, as we do, that Anne's work is as immortal as her characters, then join us at Anne Rice fan page on facebook.com. See you there. Eric. Yes, Christopher? Have you been to my website lately? Why would I go to your website? You're sitting right here. Well, it's the place to find out all about my new books. 
Why would I go to your website for that? Again, you're sitting right here. All right. Well, for people who aren't right here, ChristopherRiceBooks.com is a great place to get information about my new releases. Which you'll give me copies of because I'm sitting right here. Yeah, maybe. But for those who aren't currently sitting in our studio on the Sunset Strip, check out my website, sign up for my mailing list, and check out all the posts on my blog where I talk smack about Eric Shaw Quinn. What smack? Shut up and read this new book I wrote. Fuck that and fuck ChristopherRiceBooks.com. This ad did not go as planned. This was an ad? So, we asked our party people what they wanted for Christmas. What did they have to say? Maybe I get some uh, suggestions for what I should be asking for. Debbie Claudio says simply, As to Christmas, I haven't given it much thought. Maybe not to be so stressed. I think that's kind of my wish too, babe. (laughs) Don't renovate a house for Christmas. Then don't renovate a house. That'll really help. Beth Saluga wants a very plain gold bracelet. That's it. That's all she, that's, she's not embroidered. Lovely. Lovely. I think that's achievable. Katie Quigley got her wish. She was answering this question prior to the SAG-AFTRA members getting a deal, and she said she wanted them to get a fair deal. And it seems like they did. Yeah. Like, I think there's some things they wish they still could get, but that's always the case, isn't there? We always do. Well, you were talking about this the other day. This is really a vindicating, or the the deal was a vindication for Fran Drescher. I really have to say, that has been one of my favorite parts of this, is everybody who was... um, kind of counting her out or saying, oh, she's just the nanny. What does she know about complex contract negotiations? She really leaned into this. She really educated herself or whatever she needed to do to be a good spokesman and a good cheerleader and a good negotiator. Everybody is really impressed. George Clooney said Mm -hmm. to her, apparently, I would have bet the house and lost that you could not put together this deal, congratulations, which I think is, A, very typical of him to be humble and honest about himself in that way, but also good for him, tip the hat to somebody for doing what, she should be proud of herself. She did a good job. She and all of the people working with her on the negotiating committee and whatever did a good job of working this out apparently. And I I think that's great. I don't know all the specifics. I don't know that we ever fully understand that because some of it is so technical oh yeah you know contributions to um health fund and all of that sort of stuff but um but oh by and large everybody seems really happy with this deal so i I hope that it will work out for the best a a billion dollars worth of pay raises and benefits is yeah that's going to go a long way for a Hundred and sixty thousand people. So good for her. Patricia Seneville says she wants to see her grandchildren who live in Virginia. Ah, I love sweet. that. I hope you'll get to. Justine Adamek for Christmas wants expensive running socks. They are so worth the extra money. I have now outed myself as completely uncool. She says. What does that mean? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about what running socks. What are expensive running socks? I have no idea what that is. I all of my so- I just buy white gold toe socks. That's I, know, I never wear too. anything else except if I have to wear a suit. I have two pair of dark socks to wear with suits, but otherwise it's just white gold toe socks. Because then you don't ever have to figure about which two match. Absolutely, it's just two white socks out of the drawer. Absolutely. Tiffany Wilkinson Smith had the <laughs> Christopher. No, I just very really agreed. I was having a sock memory. Yeah. 
Tiffany Wilkerson Smith wants to know. She answered a question with a question, a dubious proposition, but mm, she wanted us to know tricky. if we were responsible for this quote. I want a simple life. I want to get up late, drink tea, and read old books. I also want a spaceship and a pet dragon. <laughs> That's pretty good. I wish I had said that, and I completely understand the sentiment. You would think saying, I just want to get up and drink tea and write books yeah. would be the easy request, but actually you might be more likely to get a spaceship and a pet dragon. <laughs> Especially at your building. Particularly at this stage of my life, I would give anything. We had one of my favorite memories of doing the show. We had Jackie Collins on the show, and she said her favorite day was a day when all she had to do was write. And I think about her Every day because mm -hmm. of that quote, it still touches my heart. And I think, yes, that is absolutely a perfect day. The only thing that makes that day better is if it's also raining and there's a fire in the fireplace. Oh, and all I have to do is write. Then it is really the most perfect day possible. Helen Ryder says she wants either world peace or Rob Lowe. Why do you have to choose? I know. That I seems choose. so unfair. Why can't I have Rob Lowe and world peace? Just, I'm with you. Just say there will be no world peace until I until have, I Rob, have Lowe. Rob Lowe. Right. Yeah, there you absolutely. go. Make one conditional. That's that's the way to go. Rob Casey says, honestly, I wish our two feral cats would come home that disappeared in July. Oh. Our resident mama kitty misses them and she hates most other cats. Lots of room in her heated shelter for some companions, but she's a fussy little cat. Oh, I know how that goes. They're feral, huh? Yeah. That must be challenging. Yeah. Um, we just got ourselves a little yellow mini convertible we pick up in a couple days. That's our Christmas and more present to look forward to next year. Congratulations, Who's Rob that? Casey. Oh, Rob Casey. That's there, Rob Casey. Okay. He's consoling himself for the loss of the cats with a car. That's I, how I Way do to it. go, Rob. Yeah, buy yeah. yourself a new car. I think that's is that'll cheer you right up. Frederick Bertold Fritz Richter says, All I want for Christmas is a wheelchair for the friend I take care of. Uh, yeah, we hope you get a wheelchair for him, too. That's so sweet. Yeah. Um, William Matson says, For Christmas, I want about $4 million. I can buy everything else I need afterwards. <laughs> I think that's very practical. In a more realistic range, I could use a new SUV. The problem is I have purchased new and used homes in my 61 years of life, about half of what they want for a loaded SUV these days. Uh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It really does amaze me. When I was a kid, you could buy, like, a luxurious Cadillac or Lincoln Continental or something for, yeah. I mean, like, if you really wanted to spend a lot of money for a really fancy car, it would be, like, $5,000. In the 50s in San Francisco, you could go out to Daly City, which was then a new suburb, and buy a house for $9,000. Yeah. yeah, that would be really, like... The the hundred room house that the um the Hiltons lived in in uh, I guess it's in Beverly Hills but maybe it's in Holmby Hills or maybe it's in Brentwood mm. I don't know but over on that side of town was a hundred thousand dollars back in the day and that was like wow they spent a hundred thousand dollars on a house wow yeah like yeah ten fifteen thousand dollars was a was a Four, was a substantial house. Well, like four or five bedrooms. 
Stacy Ransleben says, what I want for Christmas is decent politicians who uphold the Constitution of the United States of America instead of what is best for them or their own pockets. We haven't had that in a very long time. I mean to tell you, I am so sick of that. Like, everybody, get back to work and shut the fuck up. <laughs> if you don't want this job, then quit and let somebody have it who does. Merry fucking Christmas from Eric Jean Merry Quinn. fucking Christmas to everybody in Washington. Get back to fucking work. Stop it. Amy Bellino says, all I want for Christmas is Tom Hiddleston. Okay. Well, In all I think fairness. That's very practical. She actually says, all I want for Christmas is more Tom Hiddleston. Oh. So she's not technically trafficking Tom Hiddleston. She's trafficking in Tom Hiddleston. Well, I think that that'll be an interesting uh, debate in court when we yeah. actually throw the net over Tom Hiddleston and <laughs> Bring him in. Um, get arrested. Get arrested for it. Yeah, he is. He. I. I agree. Both work for me. Either more on screen or, God, more in person. I wouldn't mind that. Well, maybe I'll have him come up with a reason to have him as a guest. I remember him being on Wallander back in the older days, I and do. just thinking, "Who is that?" Not since Brad Pitt was. Um, Hitchhiking on the side of the road in Thelma and Louise, if I walked away from something going, who was that? Indeed. Brian Healy says, for Christmas, I'd love to know the final date and when tickets would be, should be available for the celebration of life for the amazing Anne Rice. Well, stay tuned. Stay hmm. tuned. And what, I, what somebody who looks like Shea Butters, although he didn't sign it, said to Brian on the pages, we hope to grant your Christmas wish very shortly, but the place we'll do it will be on the Anne Rice Celebration of Life mailing list. We hope you're signed up. It's all, where all the latest news will be first delivered, and if you go to AnneRice.com, That's a great tip. Up. That's yeah. a really, but yeah, I've heard some scuttlebutt around the mm -hmm. studios, and so, yeah, I think that may be... Yeah, that may be not for Christmas. I don't know if we're going to make the Christmas cutoff because it's Christmas Eve and it hadn't happened yet. But I think you might not have to wait that much longer. Plans are afoot. Carol Horger Bull says, uh, I would like to have a quiet Christmas with my family and friends, some wonderful food, an adult beverage, and a Christmas pudding to light on fire. Is that what you do with Christmas pudding? Yes, it is. Really? They have booze in them? Well, not after you light them on fire. Or that do burns, they? It burns the booze off. But, yeah, even in the, um, I don't know, I think most productions of a, of a Christmas carol, they light the, the, the Christmas pudding, oh. they pour the brandy on it and, and set it on fire. I have always longed to have a quiet Christmas with my family, and it never happened. <laughs> I've, in fact, I've given up on it. I, I don't even try anymore. But yeah, I can certainly understand that. I, I, do, I wonder, does anybody out there actually have a quiet Christmas with their family? I, oh, yeah. I don't know that that's really an option. I, I cannot see it being a wish. But yeah. but yeah, I can't remember a quiet one. We're quieter now that we're just the two of us and we're old, but it's still not that quiet. A Carol Horger Bull... No, I already did. You already did, Carol's. That's, don't, no cheating. Christopher, are you okay over there? Do you <laughs> Listen, know who the president is? We, we have a theory that something is being slipped in our lunch. We have lunch, and then afterwards I ordered the Christopher same thing. Christopher has this theory. Do not say we, we have the, exactly Brandon the same. Brandon got the same thing for lunch. 
No, you and I have exactly the same thing for lunch. Brandon okay. actually has something different. Okay, well, Brandon is just drinking. That's what we figured. Brandon out. is, yeah, and maybe he put some in your tea, but I, <laughs> but it's not me. I don't. I, whatever it is, I am not suffering from the same effects. I'll have the salmon. Hold the fentanyl. Right. Okay. Uh, Heather Soliday. She wants a laser. Remember, we were talking about lasers the other day. Remember? It was on um, uh, moonlighting. Yes, there was an episode because in the 80s, when something was the future, it had lasers. Lasers were and the future. Were, and they were much more destructive than it turns out that they are. <laughs> they weren't doing eye, eye surgery and no. uh, laparoscopic knee repair. They were actually like cutting things in half and destroying cities. And yes. These people had one that you could use in a backpack it that was, was a, the size was, of it. Yeah, yeah it's really, it's ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It was great. But I love that show. Heather's use of a laser is far more practical. She wants a portable one. It's called the F1, and she's going to use it on site at craft shows to personalize. But she needs a new laptop to work with it. Currently, hers is eight years old. Mine is older than that, so I get it. Your la- you yeah, you need a new computer. My laptop was um, my consolation prize for when I got diagnosed with um, an, arrhythmia. Uh, an arrhythmia. Yeah. When I was supposed to get a facelift, and instead I got arrhythmia. <laughs> Damn it! Just, it's the little things. So it's Anne gave me a things. new laptop um, as a consolation prize, but that's been a long time ago, yeah. more than ten years, I would think. But you don't use that laptop. I. Don't use it much. I do use it. We did the. I did the podcast from that laptop. For, oh, during the COVID days, for yeah. years during the COVID thing. So I actually do use that pod, that more than, not as much as my my desktop, but yeah, I do use it. Uh, I think we got everybody's answer. We're going to hear from them again next week when we talk about their favorite shows and movies of the year, which is our right, next episode. which I'm very much looking forward to. So but, when was your favorite Christmas, Christopher? Oh, that's a hard one. I think that um, there were a couple we spent out in the desert that were right up there. Yeah, we had some good times. We My had some goodness. good times. We had some good times at the Thunderbird House in Rancho Mirage where she lived for a couple of years. And that was really when you we had the mistake Christmas where we sent you home to be with your family. That was one of my favorites because I was miserable and so were you all. And when I got back, you all said, well, we're never doing that again. No, we're never. It was a big mistake. I am more fun than that. You are very fun. Um, I, you know, looking back, there was a period where my parents wanted to travel at Christmas when I was a child, and I was a really ungrateful little brat <laughs> who had no interest. Which in has completely changed be- now. Being at, now, I'm just a very spiritual person. But I, being in Paris at Christmas, I was like, why aren't we with Grandma Dottie? She has Tang, and you know, it was like Tang. tang. Wow, <laughs> those are the days, right? So I sort of cringe. The simple things. I cringe when I think about those days, but some of the happiest Christmas memories are, you know, as you're going to say, it's when your attitude is in a, you know, it's all a function of your attitude and like what you bring to it and blah, 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 Christmas. Does, that doesn't sound like me at all. <laughs> I'm just teasing you, Eric Does Joplin. not sound like me. I am all about, I am Mr. Christmas. So yeah. that has never been uh, my, it, it is hard. I, yeah, the desert ones, there was some really, like, we kind of slowly came to life with the traditions in, in the desert and um, and whatever. And so that was, it didn't just happen all at once. It wasn't all of a thing. No. But by the time 
we were um, she was living in La Quinta, I think was when it really began to sort of like reach its kind of um the best range. We never got to do Christmas in the the new Rancho Mirage house Mm-mm. with her. No, we didn't. Uh, we lost her at Thanksgiving, but um Yeah. But those those the houses that La Quinta, those were really great. And there was one Christmas when I first came back from England and I had not spent Christmas with my family for God, more than ten years. We'd had one really particularly hideous Christmas, and I said at the conclusion when I was getting ready to go home, we are never doing this again, mm. <laughs> never. And I meant it, and uh, and so I held out for a long time. So we hadn't done Christmas, and they had kind of gotten sick of doing it because, you know, I'm the fun. I'm Mr. Christmas. You are. Um, and so I was there. It was, looked like I was going to be there for Christmas, and so I just said, we're doing Christmas. And I made us get a tree or I set up their tree and I got a wreath and mom has all of these ceramic Christmas trees. I mean, a shitload of these ceramic Christmas trees. I got, they were all up in the attic and moldering. And so I got them down, cleaned them and got them working again and set them up all over. I mean, just decorated. You know how I decorate. Yeah. Every flat surface. And this was when you came back from living yeah, in London. Yeah. It was, I spent Christmas there and then I came back to California, but I was there for a, right. a month or two because I thought I was going to go back to England. Mm. And as it turned out, I needed to come out here to continue to argue with those people about who were stealing my book mm-hmm. to make into a television show. And so, it just became more practical um, mm-hmm. to go um, come back out here. And again, even thinking I would still go back um, mm. and never made it, um, boo-hoo. I've had <laughs> this amazing life instead. Right. So, like, I've managed to have a pretty good time wherever I go. But we really – we did the whole Christmas thing up brown, and we did – I gave out all the Christmas presents, and my – I think my sister had given my mother a bullhorn – as oh a Christmas present God. because there was this tradition that my father would go way out in the backyard and then not, and I'm doing air quotes mm. for those of you at home, and then could not hear her when she called. So Sarah gave him her a bullhorn mm-hmm. so that when she went to call to my father from the back door, there was really no claiming that he couldn't hear her <laughs> anymore. And it brought, and it had a siren on it and a light, the red light that went off and spun like a police light or whatever. And, yeah. and that was the final, pre- I saved that one for last and it brought the house down. It just really was mm-hmm. like with my family, which is, you know, that we, we, my family, I, I don't do Christmas with them because I always say they were replaced by evil pod people at the mm. Christmas time. We, had, we don't have a great history with holidays. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather visit them a different time of year because just the holiday thing never really happened with us. And Maybe it was me. I don't know. Um, I'm the common element there. Yes. So mm, looks like that could possibly be true. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was really my favorite with them. And then... Oh, there was that one year, the year that we drove. I'm to sorry, the, you only get to pick one. You can't have that more. We, well, I'm limited gonna, joy. I'm gonna pick the one that at at um, La Quinta when we went to the hotel around the corner for the meal, and we're back in the house. And, <laughs> 45 minutes. We're the worst, scroogiest people it in the world. It only took when we were like, how long until we can get back to the television? And watch another We were all watching or... it together, but we just thought, like, okay, we went out, we did a thing. We were a hotel holiday people. 
We didn't. We didn't. Because nobody's yeah. there to cook, so we yeah. would go somewhere to eat. And the buffets at the and there was a hotel that wasn't very. We usually went to this other hotel that was much further away, and it was a much mm-hmm. bigger deal. And there were more people. This was easy peasy. We went in. We grabbed her. We were, there was nobody in line at the buffet. We sat down at the table. We ate. We had dessert. We were back in the car and back home in just over an hour and back yeah. in our pajamas in front of television in 90 minutes. It was perfect. But it was perfect for us. That was the thing that was so great about it. And yeah. that that one unfolded as well as any holiday I've, I've ever... The whole holiday was like that because it was just about us doing what we wanted. Mm-hmm. And being who we wanted to be yeah. at the holidays, so that's probably I'm going to count that one as the year that it was the best. That that I that think that be. that's that's right up there. As I was listening to you, I think we when I was a kid, we spent one Christmas aboard. I think it was Christmas aboard the Queen Elizabeth II. Mom was researching a book called The Tale of the Body Thief, which was going to have Lestat go chasing the psychic that made off with his vampire body onto a cruise ship. Right. And normally the QE2 has been replaced by the Queen Mary 2, essentially, but it, the QE2 used to do transatlantic crossings as almost like a novelty, you know, like up up sure, until it was retired fun. in the 90s, I think. And during the winter season, it did a big Caribbean loop. And so we got on in Fort Lauderdale. Most people boarded in New York. We got on in Fort Lauderdale. And I think we were on the ship for Christmas and New Year's, if I remember correctly. And I remember having a wonderful time on the ship. I don't remember a thing about how Christmas Eve or night unfolded. I have not a memory of it. I just remember it was, there were classes, dining rooms for classes. That's still a Cunard thing. They still do that. Um, we had to sit with strangers. You mean by... By class. class on the ship. You, so where you class. eat is determined by your cabin type, okay. which is like very Titanic. Um, and we had to sit with strangers, and I remember that was a big deal for my parents. We were going to be with the same strangers, but we didn't know them. And we ended up with a very lovely British family, the Scots. And my parents were so relieved because the Scots were charming and they were nice. And then and they had nothing to say. And well, they had a lot to say. And oh. then one night the father who <laughs> decided to compare his profession in insurance to mom's profession as a writer. And his wife and daughter ridiculed him for this comparison so severely <laughs> that my father, I remember him describing Mr. Scott's head turned bright red. They were just oh, perfectly ridiculous. Your job is nothing like us. What are you talking about? <laughs> Poor Mr. Scott. He was just trying to make conversation in his... Daughter and wife were, you know, whatever. And I remember the daughter went off and had a dalliance with one of the handsome Italian crew members. Good for her. I know. It was like a movie. Good thinking. It has nothing to do with the holiday, but I think it's how I spent the holiday. That's very fun. That's a really fun and unique holiday story. Like, wow. Absolutely. All right. Well, having concluded our Christmas cheer... Well, we hope we've added a bit of Christmas cheer to your Christmas Eve or whenever you end up listening to this craziness and this nonsense about what we want for Christmas. Next week, we're bringing you the best of 2023, and we're bringing some of your answers as well, your favorite movies and television shows. I'm going to throw a book into the mix just because I'm a bookworm myself. Oh, good Um, thinking. But that's going to be on our next episode, which will be 
New Year's Eve. It just timed out. We have a new episode on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve this year. Exactly a week apart. Closing out 2023 in sync with the universe. Right on a big bang, but not at my new house. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. We thought we'd be spending the holidays. Really and thought I would be in that house by now, and it's, it's gonna really happen. not going to happen. Next year, however, it's, maybe we'll do the podcast from my new house. It's going to happen. Live from Greater Christmasville. It's going to have a dome in it. Oh, yeah. A dome. D-O-M-E. There will be a dome. In Eric's the dining house. room. A dome in the dining room. Dining okay. room dome. Until then and forever after, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Gwynn. And you've been listening to TDPS Presents Christopher. And Eric. Merry Christmas. This is TDPS.